welcome Diedrich Boyd, CEO and founder of TechSpark. I started as a software developer, which came out to Nike, was going to be freelance and landed doing B2B e-commerce with them. So we, we helped revamp that entire platform. We did a lot of what I would consider some pretty groundbreaking, innovative type work in that space during that time. So primarily your business is mostly B2C. Are you in a particular vertical? Not really, just, just retail. A sub niche is sportswear. So we do a lot of kind of sportswear and apparel, and we are also working in, into the, the luxury realm going forward. So. Okay. And so clients call you up and they're like, I need a better website and you guys get to work. They call us up and either they want to upgrade their platform. They're on the old version of Demandware and they want to move to the new Salesforce storefront reference architecture for Salesforce, or they have an older version of Magento and they didn't realize they actually needed a lot of dev talent to, to run on Magento. They're like, hey, we really want to improve the way this looks. We want to add some more bells and whistles. We need, you know, we really have a lot of integration work to get done. That's really where we shine. We have historically always been able to tackle complex integrations. And oftentimes when there are projects that are kind of in trouble or if they just require a little bit more handholding, that's where we, we work really well. When you are upgrading someone, when they're coming to you and you're upgrading them and you're resetting them what percentage go headless a very a fairly small percentage actually it is and there's a good reason for that right? the reason for that is it requires you to, to then carry a, a rather large development team okay because you see companies yeah. saying go headless go headless go headless the ease of headless is a fad and a trend and a little bit of an untruth because yeah. From what I'm hearing you say, it is for mega enterprise clients. Mega, mega. Mega. If, again, you're right. It is absolutely all the rave right now. Everyone's talking about going headless because I think people understand, like, if you want to be different, if you want to look a little different and really um, bring people in, invite your customers into a, a unique look and feel, that's kind of the only way you can do it. But again, the trade-off is you may go there and then you realize, holy cow, now my dev costs every quarter are 10 times what they used to be. Do I don't know that I want to be here. And then, you know, again, so if you talk to some of the giants, you know, you know, we talk to Salesforce all the time and they'll tell us we have customers that started off headless and now they're going back to storefront because their dev costs are so high, right? They, they figured out we don't want to be in that world. Our brand is not, something that has to be so unique that way that it's it's not a strategic advantage for us to do that it's just costing us money so i think i think if there's a lot of decision that has to go into it right it can work with a smaller company you're just going to have to carry a larger technical organization in your professional opinion looking forward mm -hmm. will there be a solution that allows for the benefits of headless so unless you want to outsource your support right you want to have us do a support contract or you want to have someone else do that you have to have a lot of dev talent most of the packages i call them packages most of the platforms that are out there give you a lot of controls a lot of things that you can do kind of on the the back end administrative side to affect the front end and to turn certain things on and show and hide and and change display with they, they give you a lot of configuration when you go headless you lose a good bit of that because it's all custom code and a lot of that 
<clears throat> a lot of the code that controls a lot of that front end is, is baked into how the front end is done for the package, right? So the, their front end code, which generally speaking, you don't get, get access to that code. So I am getting the sense, and this is why I asked you, because this is your world. Sure. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm getting the sense that headless is more a fad and a trend than a strategy. I don't know if I'd go that far. It is a trend right now. I would caution anyone who who does not want to invest <laughs> heavily on the technical side of their, their, their enterprise. I would strongly caution them against going headless. It does give you the ability to, to really hone and dial in that front end and make it look how you want it to look. Let you, it lets you do some really amazing things, but the trade-off is you're going to have to carry developers, you know, and developers aren't cheap these days. I mean, maybe, maybe if you, if you, if you're a multinational, you can go offshore by all means, right? Nike, again, Nike is a good example. They're, they're just custom. They don't, they don't use anything. They built it all. But if you knew how many developers Nike had, you know, just on their, their B2C side, what they call, what they used to call digital, at one point there were like 3000 developers, not, not, not including managers, like 3000 devs just across all their front end stuff. Right. And that, that's a public number. I mean, it, it's just a giant, <laughs> it's a giant effort to, to, to do that. If you're going to go custom, right. Your front line in, with respect to e-com. And there's a lot of talk right now that the sort of the, the, that the industry is under a lot of pressure going through a real cycle, a re a reset <laughs> to some extent. Some have said the bottom has fallen out. I mean, and we see with with Amazon as sort of the the stalwart, the the poster child of online. But it goes that's Amazon is unique, and you can't really compare. But if you look at Shopify's results as well, where they have a wide net cast from, of course, independent up through enterprise. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? You know, where, where do you, what, what does your gut tell you? That's a great question and a very astute observation for this space. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, where do I even start here? I do think there, there's a bit of a, there is a reset, man. It, there, there's so many different things going on. Traditionally, when you look at e-commerce, what is it? It's a single player game. You are on the computer by yourself, clicking around, just hanging out. Sometimes it, it's fun. People go and do social media and it's fun and they kind of get to feel like they're interacting with people and, and doing all that stuff. But, but e-com is a single player game. So I think people are looking for, for a, a something different, right? And I think when it comes to e-commerce, bringing back community, making it it, it, shopping's always been a social event. It's not social when you do it online, you know? Yeah, I have never heard someone call e-coms single player game. I, I'm blown away by that. Because <laughs> you're right, and there's pros and cons to that. Right. The con is the community. The answer is Web3. So e-coms Web2. Right. And then you get to the community in Web3. What okay, so what do you think e-com as you and I know it? We've been in this industry. Mm -hmm. What do you think it's gonna look like in web three? 
I think in Web3, at least, and I'm very bullish and I'm very opinionated here, I think Web3 will be more focused on people interacting, people being able to move their avatar around and talk to various people or ignore all the people and party up and talk to their friends only. My kids do this, well, one of them, uh, do this all the time. He plays, you know, all the various games and he's with his friends hanging out, talking about what's going on. They can see each other, hear each other. They see, they can see what's going on on the screen and they, they're all way more connected than I think a lot of people are when, you know, in this kind of digital, this digital realm. So web three is going to be all about community. I think in web three, you'll still have images, but I think being able to see the product move it around, spin it around the 3D rendition of it, communicate with your group of friends, right? So if you want to squat up and go shopping, hey guys, look at this, check this out. What do you think? Oh, that's cool. Spin that around. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Or oh, I don't like that. What about this one? And you all are looking at the same product one-on-one, talking to each other, like really being able to, to commune together, seeing those 3D products. And I think the, the thing that we're missing today from the start and I'm going to say we, we, we're just we're just scratching the surface now is being able to bring all of those transactions and really do them on, inside of Web3 versus kicking you out of the experience back over into Web2 land to, to finish the job. You're killing me with all these observations. <laughs> it's awesome. Will TechSpark start to will you cross the threshold over to Web3 as far as your business service? offering or have you? Absolutely. We we started talking about this in detail probably two and a half, maybe maybe even three years ago now. I love online games. We actually started our own internal development efforts. We took a first shot using Unity, Unity engines to, to kind of bring a realistic environment to life and put 3D product in there and, and drop avatars. We actually hooked up to Ready Player Me for, for avatars. So we have a, a functioning POC that we've actually shared off and to several different people who are like, holy cow, they're walking around. You can talk and see each other, spin the product around in 3D. That development is well underway and everything we've shown thus far, people have been just amazed, amazed at it. So we were able to see, yes, we can do it. And, and Headless plays right into that because at the end of the day, what good is it if I can see the product, but then I click a link and I have to open another tab to then hopefully drop me on the right product. And then I got to do the same clicks again to put it in my cart, right? So we, we need the headless APIs to talk to that e-commerce engine under the covers to keep them in the experience. Add it to your cart. Go look at some more products. Add that to your cart. Click checkout right there. You have the screens that pop up and move on with life. And But you, you remain in that environment. So we are actually in development now. On, on bringing that platform to life so we can actually start pulling people in. We're a Salesforce partner, so we'll, we'll probably do the first integration on a Salesforce Commerce Cloud. Obviously, we'll look at some other platforms as well. I, I love it because it's all about, you know, create the environment that fits. You know, one of our one of our environments is a beach seat, or it's like, we call it the Cocoa Dome. You're like, Cocoa Dome, what does that mean? Well, it's a, it's a glass dome and it's supported by coconut trees that are domed you know, to, to make the dome happen, they're, they're, that's the support structure you see. And at the top, there are the coconuts. And then when you go inside, if you look up, you see the coconuts and, that, and that's where the lighting comes from. And so all the clothes are on, on there and it's, it's this realistic, you know, palm trees outside and sand and some, some seagrass and all that good stuff. But it's, it's beachwear. 
And so like it sets the mood and it sets the tone and you can do music and all those types of things. So it puts you in that environment. And then if you walk outside and there's a transport tunnel, like, well, what's this tunnel? You jump in the tunnel, you go up, you end up on top of a mountain and it's the mountain store. Well, what's in the mountain store? Snow gear, right? Because it's cold and you see snow and you hear those effects of like kind of the wind blowing and, and all that good stuff. So it actually changes your entire frame of reference. Like I wouldn't put bathing suits in the mountain store because <laughs> it doesn't fit right so that's the thing about being immersive right so we call it immersive commerce or but that's the, that's the whole vibe we want to create a vibe and so whatever it is you're shopping for whatever you're looking for we want to make sure you're in that that frame of reference if you walk into a louis vuitton store in paris and you know a luxury store there, there's a there's a smell there are there's a certain sounds the lighting's done a certain way your mood changes Right. So we need to figure out how to make that immersive nature, bring that to life in, in kind of this Web3 world. Do you foresee at least equal amount of time being spent on e-commerce as e-commerce? Do you see the pendulum eventually going more towards e-commerce? And if this is a five year landscape or whatever, mm -hmm. what are you hearing from the market? Great question. I, I think it will take time before we see a long pendulum swing. If you are looking for a product and you know what you want, the fastest way is going to be as it is today. Go run your search, go through your filters, narrow it down, boom, there's a product, put it in my cart, and I got to go. <laughs> right? If you want to explore or if you're you're in the information gathering phase, right? If we look at some of the statistics, we talk about how people shop. You know, they you know, 73% of people use, you know, multiple channels to shop. E-commerce, I I believe is going to become one of those first places you go because now it's content rich. I can share and get opinion from my friends. If I can't make it to the physical store, I can go into an e-commerce store and there are influencers there. There are associates there. If it's a smaller brand and there's a, a you know, not maybe a solopreneur, but a, a designer, maybe the designer does live in shop Tuesdays. So they're there for two hours on a Tuesday. You can actually go talk to the designer. So when you're in that information gathering phase, I see e-commerce being the like literally jumping way to the forefront for you to explore, get opinions, share and commune and talk about it. And if you're ready to go then there, go ahead and put that in your cart, but you'll still use kind of traditional e-com, but I, I see them playing along side by side with each other. Maybe you're start out on, on the 2D experience. You're looking at a product. You're like, Ooh, I have quite, uh, Oh, well, what's this go to the virtual shop and see this thing. You click the button it brings you in the same product. That that's kind of how I see, it. I see them going hand in hand and just working together in tandem. What I'm hearing is a huge bifurcation between search and discovery. Mm -hmm. Search, boom, laundry detergent, just give me the best price, pack yep. it, go. Discovery is, well, I'm not really sure. I'd like to take a vacation. I want to go to the Caribbean. The Caribbean yep. is 50 islands. So right. you're a travel website, and now you're going to click through to get through to some immersive, etc. I love that you brought up kind of destination. We're also working on a deal to bring to life some digital twin in Dubai and Qatar. And so part of that is go visit Dubai, 
Maybe check out the museum. Medical tourism is a huge industry there. Maybe you go and, and tour the facility first. Talk to the doctors, talk to the receptionists. You do you can do all of that in these environments without physically, you know, from where I am, having to fly halfway around the world, right? So your 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 trip to go there to, to get it done is is your trip there, right? So you can save on that cost and you can really, really get a feel for do I like the facility? Did I really like that doctor? Do I think the the, the care I'm gonna get is is gonna meet my expectation? Same thing with a destination, maybe it's in the Swiss Alps. It's really hard to photograph some of these places because the view that you get, you don't, the lens is not quite wide enough. Pictures just don't do it justice. Drones have trouble. Sometimes the weather is, <laughs> doesn't cooperate. There are a lot of challenges. Well, if I can create a digital twin of that, I can go tour this entire resort on the side of a mountain and see what it's like. And then, yes, I want to be there. Book my room. And again, why leave? Just go over here and book your room right there and book it with the concierge that you're talking talking to. So I, I see these as just, there's a huge blending of, of almost every industry <laughs> into this space. It doesn't have to just be retail, but the way that I think about it, even if it's tourism, even if it's that doctor visit, there is some transactionality that has to occur there. So in my mind, there, there, you know, there's still some transactional work to get done to integrate into the the systems that people have perfected over the last 30 years and built up, and and they work. Why we don't need to replace those? They all have APIs. Talk to the API, get it done, and and just show them, hey, it's done here, and we'll send them an email. It's <laughs> your confirmation, right? And so none of that changes at all. Will still remain. So this is just going to make, in my mind, it will make lives easier. It will make the the overall experience better. And like you said, it'll just blend all those experiences, store, person, 2D, all together. What I find interesting is that education and information is so much more important now before making a sale. And so many brands and businesses allow customers to leave their site to go to YouTube <laughs> to get information. Bye. Bye, see you never. You need to increase the amount of information and keep them satisfied with higher and higher levels of information. Why let someone, or why even make it so that someone has to leave the site to go get more information about that thing they're looking at? They want they want those reviews. They want that UGC, that user-generated content. You know, if you have the video there for people to see, Oh, I, I have bought this and it's amazing. Look at this and you know, showing it, or they can ask questions. People can reply to those questions that have it. If you can bring all that to the forefront, you you your dwell time goes sky high. And we know if dwell time is high, they're going to convert, right? All of this stuff matters. I think you're 100% spot on. Keep them there, reduce the friction, right? Because once they leave, they're gone. I mean, they might come back, but <laughs> yeah, chances are they're gone. Yeah. We have it. We have a short attention span. We may find out information, but we may go to a different website, just lazily end up somewhere else that sells a similar product or, you know, features the same hotel, but it's a different supplier, different right. uh, concierge. And we wouldn't even know the difference. Right. Uh, right. We are at our limit. This was an amazing conversation. Wow. I love awesome. talking to you and I hope to do so again. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank Super you, Patrick. Exciting.